Hello and welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast. My name is Jana Krishnan. I am your host and also the founder of the Daily Lawyer. And today is yet another episode in our Careers in the Law series. I feel like I say this every time when I'm starting a new Careers in the Law series episode because every one of the guests on the episode seems so interesting and so diverse to me. Uh, but I can't help myself and I definitely can't help myself saying this in today's episode, which is truly going to be something very sort of new age, something I know nothing about. And I'm talking about gaming and technology law. Uh, I'm not a gamer. I don't know anything about gaming. I've never been a gamer. So I'm really excited to get into this conversation. I have with me Ms. Rachna Shroff. She's a gaming and tech advocate, a tech lawyer. Uh, but that's not all. Like, that's not all Rachna is. She's had this bouquet of experiences, like a really rounded legal experience, uh, working in various roles from sort of being in litigation to a legal counsel to an independent practitioner. She's also someone who uh, lectures a lot on gaming law. She, In fact, she has a webinar starting today, I think. Uh, unfortunately, by the time the episode will be out, uh, I think Rachna's webinar would uh, have finished. But uh, please follow her. You know that we leave all our, all the links in the description. So please follow her to know a lot more. Uh, but I also want to say a few more things about Rachna because she's not just a lawyer. She's also a gold medalist M in MBA. Like She holds an MBA. She's a gold medalist uh, from Orissa University. And she is also an art of living practitioner and a teacher. So there is so much to Rachna other than the law. And I'm so excited to get to know you, Rachna. Thank you so much for making it to the Daily Lawyer podcast. Thank you, Jenna, for having me. I can't tell you if I'm, if I'm more uh, excited than you are. Uh, this, is, this has just happened. And I'm so, so happy that uh, this platform will uh, be such a big platform for so many new generation lawyers and other people to understand of uh, of course the tdl of what it is trying to do uh, the daily lawyer is becoming such a big platform to uh, make people yeah. understand the uh, usual or uh, in a very simple sense what the law is and how should they take help of it and through this you're doing such a great work of bringing different people different genres of lawyer and introducing different fields thanks to you jenna so sweet, Rachnaya. Thank you so much. So I did tell uh, the audience a little bit about you in the beginning, but of, of course, I haven't said everything. So can you take the story forward from the time? Why did you become a lawyer uh, and then your journey so far? Oh, great. So uh, I think today is the first time when I will uh, very openly say that uh, I was never interested in pursuing any other field uh, why? Because uh, I felt they were too common and I wanted to do something uh, really out of the way. So I chose to study law. That is how law happened to me. I am a first generation lawyer and uh, I had no idea. Things just fell for me step by step. And when I was doing my class 12, I remember I was really interested in political sciences. So my teachers, my professors had advised me that you should really look into law. And just taking that piece of advice, I was a very uh, light and easygoing person, you know. If I liked the ideas, I would just get into it and try executing it, not uh, very hardly. I was just like, okay, let me have a look uh, what's happening, try it and give it. And then gave my exams and I got into the law school. And a uh, very funny incident I would like to share, Jenna, is uh, when I went to get my uh, uh, 
admission in the law school after passing the exams, clearing the entrance levels. I still remember that I ran away from my college saying, calling my dad saying, no, I don't want to study here. <laughs> my dad was like, okay, you go get an admission and we will see later. And then law happened and I think I really fell in love with it. I, uh, I love this profession for the dynamism it holds. After that, of course, I worked for now almost 13 years and I also pursued my MBA. This was at Shishi University, which is based out in Odisha, Katak. And I pursued my human resources and finance and turned out to be a gold medalist there. And yes, uh, Art of Living is uh, what makes me smile, what makes me give me my personality. Um, so I am really indebted to it and I'm proudly and humbly a faculty and I teach the happiness programs there. Yeah, that's about it. That's so nice. I think only someone who has a sort of spiritual leaning would say both proudly and humbly in the same sentence. And, you know, I, I, I know and sort of mean it, right? So I, I totally get what you what you mean by that. Um, Rachna, I said that, you know, you are a gaming lawyer. How is this? Please explain to me, to me, of course, to the audience, what is gaming law? And, you know, what do you mean by gaming lawyer? Like, assume that we know nothing. Genuinely, I know nothing. But uh, let's assume that you're speaking to people who have no idea about the law. And why is gaming law even required? So uh, I would like to tell you, uh, first imagine of some hero in Bollywood who just, you know, you never heard about and suddenly came up as a bang and you, everybody was in love with him or her. It is just that kind of a sector, which was not recognized earlier, though it has a lot of uh, legal sanctions in the West, but India just came up with it during the COVID times. It just boom, banged and became a blockbuster. So all the big fours reports, if you see, they have given high numbers to it, that it was going to be the next, uh, you know, thing in the next 10 years at least it's it, it's numbers in terms of revenue and number in terms of gamers in asia or if you see numbers in terms of india as gaming uh, gaming platforms india as producing gamers it is second largest in the world yeah and the revenues are also in the same terms and uh, a recently economic times had uh, introduced a, a report which said there will be one lakh uh, jobs on the cards for 2023 in the gaming sector wow. so that is how it is booming it is i would not call it any more a sun rising sector it is a blockbuster in itself it's making its way very silently and slowly but there is a lot happening on the legal front and what do you mean by gaming is everything that you see is gaming you know, you're playing the Ludo on the digital front, it's gaming. You play fantasy cricket on Dream 11, it's gaming. You do poker, rummy, or any other part of it is gaming. Esports, fantasy, everything has come under gaming. But yes, if the laws, uh, I would say they are still in the nascent stage. Um, there is a lot of work that is happening in that area. And we will speak about it more. Yeah, of course. But I just want to sort of a little bit unpack what you said when you spoke about fantasy, esports. Like, are these all genre? Because see, I am an absolute dumbo. I don't know anything about gaming. So this fantasy, esports, all that are genre of gaming, is it? Or yes, and yes, absolutely, absolutely. And there is a very, um, there is a very rampant discussion, uh, which uh, has always garnered the industry is a uh, limelight and. Or uh, in limelight of the judiciary as well, that what is the distinction between gaming and gambling? Yeah. 
and it has been um, laid down by Supreme Courts in uh, three major judgments, uh, which was in 1957, 1968, and 1996. And uh, they said there has to be a game of skill and there has to be a game of chance, and it is only measured by the dominant factor. If the skill is high up, even there is a the element of chance, then it will be termed as a game of skill. So that is the test for it. And that is how game of skills are known as game of skills. How do you measure it? Very simply, if you see that when you play any game and you are seeing, okay, that you're trying your intuitiveness, you're putting your awareness, you're putting your mind, you're analyzing, you're strategizing, you're checking of what might be on the other side, all that's happening in the mind, then you know it's a game of skill. Yeah, because it requires a lot of experience, awareness, um, a lot of strategy, a lot of calculation. And uh, if somebody else is playing it to you and you are wagering or betting on that, so you are also analyzing all these factors and then wagering on it, then it becomes a game of skill. So essentially, just to put it, synthesize what you said, uh, this whole debate between ga gambling and gaming is put to rest by this one test, which is uh, if the skill level required is higher than the than the chance, then it is a game. If the chance is higher, then it is gambling, which is illegal. So that is not allowed. We know we know it. But in game and when we speak about skill level uh, and gambling and gaming, I presume you're speaking about like things like card games, like Rami, uh, I don't know, any any game where we wager. Yeah, Jummy, Bridge, anything, Flash, yeah. yeah. Yeah, any game where we wager uh, money or we pay with money, that will be part of this, that will come under the ambit of this discussion. Yes. So those games don't fall into esports and fantasy. They fall into a third uh, category, is it? This is the first category where all the judgments are formed. It's based by the Supreme Court. And then the game of skill judgment came out. And later okay. have come fantasy and sports, esports. Fantasy and esports are a very, very new genre. What we have decisions are based on rummy, horse racing, poker, flush and bridge. Okay. All right. But then do they wager also in fantasy and in uh, game or oh, they wager in that also? Absolutely. There okay. is a huge market. There is a huge revenue. There are so many players. So uh, dream fantasy or dream, uh, you know, fantasy sports are so relevant. If you see uh, in terms of wagering that there are some uh, players are playing in real life and you on the basis of that making your teams. Yeah checking their experiences, checking their, uh, you know, statistics of records and making your team. So there a lot of money is, you know, pumped in and basis that you win or lose. Yeah. So this is basically a simulation of real life. Yes, that is fantasy sports. And uh, since that is where, uh, uh, you know, you put in all your money and you win, but you put in your money wagering, you're winning, but still it is a game of skill. Why? Because it is uh, winning the test factor of having skill in places of chance. Ah, okay. All right. So now, uh, Rachna, what is the legal, what are the, as in, what is a lawyer doing over here, right? Like, why can't any other lawyer who's not a gaming lawyer or a tech lawyer, what is so different about this that we need i believe that we need specialization let me preface that but ju just to sort of give people a context of what is the legal angle to it so uh to rephrase your question you are asking of why uh do you need a lawyer in the gaming sector right 
So it is not just that you will have to look into the litigations, the compliance, the regulations, which is very, very much an everyday day, uh, job of a lawyer who's a gaming lawyer. Because uh, in just the last two years when COVID was there, there were three states which banned these online games, which were games of skill. And then they were struck down by different courts. And then different promulgations uh, of ordinances, notifications came up. Yeah. And right now, India uh, government is deciding to bring a central legislation, which is not currently the affairs because it is a state level uh, run legislation. We need a central level legislation. Which sorry, is sorry. Uh, I'm going to interrupt and just sort of simplify a little bit what you're saying. Because so essentially what you're saying is, a lawyer is required because there are two or three things that happen on an everyday basis in a, in the gaming industry. First is you have to comply with rules. And that also I didn't know that there are specific rules. Actually, I knew, but uh, that there are specific rules that uh, govern ga gaming uh, and the gaming sector. But they are all like sort of uh, fragmented. They are here and there. Some are in, pro like you said, some are in promulgation, some are in ordinances. There's no one consolidated act. And they are largely driven by the state government rules. So yes. you have to figure out, you know, every state where your game is being played, whether you're in compliance, that's one. The second one you mentioned about litigation. So what are the litigations that happen? And for those who probably don't know, litigation means any dispute that we take to court. Correct. So I will again uh, help you here, Jenna, with giving uh, an idea of what the lawyer does in gaming. As a litigation, I'm just going to speak about it. But yes, there are a lot of regulations wherein in terms of advertisement in this sector of gaming is also regulated. Okay. Uh, amount of time okay. or money spent can also be uh, put under a policy. And of course, please note that there is no one law right now for online gaming. Uh, yeah, so there is what the central government is trying to do. Now, when I speak about litigations, there are a lot of PILs that has been, uh, this have been, uh, you know, put it before the high courts. Why? Because um, it is uh, said that it is det detrimental to the youth. Uh, it's becoming addictive to them. Uh, it is bringing, you know, a lot of disruption in the society. And that all is true. Anything which uh, gets beyond a boundary becomes uh, troublesome. But yes, this can always be controlled by way of regulations and setting up compliances and with the nodal ministry. But uh, a uh, gaming lawyer will have a lot of work to do in terms of litig looking at all the contracts, looking at the litigations, dealing with all kinds of compliances that is coming in forms of orders, judgments, because here you, while you are dealing with gaming, you have to look at each state. There is not one rule that you can look at. You have to look at laws of each state and then comply. Whether you can allow a player from that particular state to play on your platform or not. So it's a lot of work for an, a lawyer who's gaming, a lawyer to do uh, all this and keep in uh, keep it in shape. Otherwise, you can be struck down by different uh, state government laws, right? So geofencing is one thing which we have to keep in track. There's customer support. Okay, sorry, can you explain what is geofencing? <laughs> geofencing is basically when you have laws from all over India, there's sorry, that uh, 32 states and there are 32 uh, different acts that you have to look into, then uh, it means that if a state has banned that gaming, then you have to put certain softwares in your gaming platform 
through which the players of that state cannot log into your platform and play because it is banned. So that is technically known as geofencing. Okay. Ha, sorry, go on. Yeah, so there is litigation, there is contractual, there is compliances. And I would really like to say that whoever is thinking of becoming a gaming lawyer, please be ready to do a lot of research because uh, this is a nascent industry. We are really growing at a very rampant speed. You will have to really make a lot of researches on daily issues cropping up, uh, which will be very unexpected issues. And you will have to compare what the Western laws are saying or what is their common law, what have the judgments been saying all around, and then uh, present the present case accordingly. Yeah, And there, there are some uh, very interesting bodies which are helping the gaming industry, such as AIGF, IAMI, you have uh, for fantasy and esports equally. You should also be keeping Can, can you just uh, give the full form of those things? All India Gaming Federation. Uh, IAMI is a, a Internet and Mobile Association of India. Then you have Fantasy uh, Sports uh, India Federation. Likewise. So these three, four, if you keep a track, you will know what is happening on the legal front. And it's very important uh, to associate and uh, make this industry grow with the help of these kind of uh, regulating bodies, which are private regulating bodies at the moment. Okay, lovely. You gave me a lovely segue into my next question, which was, um, why is it important, Rachna, that you have a specialized gaming lawyer? Like, why can't I do it? I have never done gaming. But like, you know, any random... A regular lawyer who's not what is uh, what is it that like a gaming lawyer bring in do you need to know how to play the game do you need to know the background like why is it that you need a specialized gaming lawyer i would say that it's good to know uh or have some background before you jump into the technology and the gaming sector because gaming will involve a lot of technology you will have to deal day in day out with different kind of tools and um, you will be doing all the agreements for it right negotiating it as the lawyer and uh, dealing with all the litigations that are happening around it represent the meaty or uh, to the meaty or uh, governmental agencies sorry meaty meaty you may have to say is the uh, you may have to uh, represent that meeting that is uh, the Ministry of Electronics and uh, Technology. You might have to go and meet uh, different kind of judicial members to explain the operations and the mechanisms behind these gaming platforms. So I'm not saying that you need to know the game. It's good if you know it, but please uh, learn about what's happening in this industry if you jump into it. If you have knowledge, it will be easier for you to move faster in this industry and be in sync with what is happening. I'm not saying that a specialization is a must, but I'm saying become aware, study, research, and uh, doing a few uh, workshops or uh, listening about it or uh, anything related to it which gives you knowledge uh, is highly recommended. Yeah, so I what I hear you say is that, see, when it comes to gaming, it's, uh, and you've also said this a couple of times, that it's a very labor-intensive, um, in, in, from our side, from a lawyer's side, it's a very labor-intensive field, like we have a lot to do. So a, a generic sort of lawyer may not have the time 
to put into this and and that is why you need special specialists who understand it. like for example i probably am not the right fit because i'm quite you know technology and i are not best friends like we don't really get along very well so it's probably not for me but for people like you or for others who are interested both interested in technology and interested in gaming that adds a, a very sort of strong perspective to to uh, to the gaming lawyer and then there's so much work that you know that's it, even if they do all this only their whole life st still you know their time will be less so okay um, now Rachna if you want to uh, like assume that you're speaking to young lawyers or students and they they are quite inspired by what you said and they want to get into gaming law but what is it that you will say how do you think they should take their career from from law school how should they plan because i'll tell you why i ask this i always believe that before you become specialized you should be in a generic field you should understand basics because only gen in a generic field you understand basics little little of everything it informs your judgment and that you can apply to your whichever field you choose so that's my opinion but what is yours and what would you what tips would you give so to the uh, young lawyers i really want to say more uh, adding to it that I also want to tell the first generation lawyers that firstly, please don't panic. Don't be in haste to take a decision of what your passion is. Don't try to figure it out so much. Eventually, you will land up of what you're passionate about in terms of law or maybe in any other sector. But wait, keep patient, keep moving with whatever you have in hand. And to add to that, if you want to become a technology lawyer or a gaming lawyer, keep looking what's happening in this field first. Read, yeah, research. LinkedIn is such, such a great platform. Find the lawyers who are working in this field. Try to interact with them and do certain workshops, do certain, attend certain webinars, listen to podcasts, do whatever is available. There is a huge uh, amount of content that is available and enrich yourself, educate yourself, right? Don't wait for somebody to handhold you and bring you till there. Educate and then if you decided to become one, Float yourself in the market, land up with internships and become a tech and gaming lawyer. I would not say that you will uh, be a pro at it at one go. It is challenging to be in the technology field because there are too many developments. It's like a race you are running. There's a lot to be done. As Jenna said, it, it is very labor intensive. Yeah, uh, you have to have that passion, dynamism and ready to meet challenges attitude to get through this um, a dynamic field of gaming but I really want to tell you that if you choose this field you are going to reward yourself for the coming years that you're going to outshine yourself in this field and uh, yes we have to work hard but I will add to what Jenna said that please do some basics first and then at the side by side start studying about tech and gaming and get into gaming it is a very it has a very very bright future lovely but when you talk about game, uh, basics like just to specify your answer a bit what would you say that say what are the subjects that you think they should focus on ipr uh, technology laws data laws contractual drafting these four you have to follow without this it's not easy what about uh, constitutional provisions or, you know, understanding state versus center, those kind of? 
that goes without saying it has to be because constitution gives right to all the states to promulgate such laws and then you have to see what well, you have a right to business when gaming and gambling is differentiated article 91 of the constitution really plays a very big role so you have to know the constitution it goes without saying okay. i think you've sort of answered in a very so comprehensive uh, manner uh, now for i think this is my last question for this segment and then we'll go on to my favorite segment which is which we call five four three two one um because you have worked you know you have this diverse sort of experience and we are speaking to young lawyers i don't remember whether i've actually included this question in your questionnaire that i sent you in, in advance but as you were talking i felt like i should ask you this question which is what would you say today are the gaps in our indian legal system and how do you think you and i and all of us because we really are in the system today how can we all band together to to work towards it so that the next 10 20 30 years we really take things uh, in a better way lovely jenna that is something i wish that every lawyer should start uh, you know contemplating about and i when i see you uh, seeing working towards it it really inspires me on a daily basis to answer this thank you first uh, we all should be a law-abiding citizen. If we say we are law-abiding, let's respect the law of the country. That's the first step. Secondly, to make changes and to progress in terms of law in India, we should understand that taking benefit out of the lacuna, the loopholes, doesn't help the law of the country, right? Of course, there are many outdated laws and the government of India is trying to bring in a lot of changes. Let's respect that. Let's work hand in hand. And I think if you start valuing uh, the law profession and reaching out in time to these lawyers instead of finding alternatives, as simple as if I would say that if you need an affidavit or if you need a, a paper to be registered in stamp, then you consult a lawyer and you do it, you're going to save such huge cost of litigations, which might happen in the worst case scenario yeah so value the channel of law value the profession i think that can help a lot in building a great law structure of india in the future very true uh, i'm always amazed at how this is the most common answer i mean you've you've actually given an answer to the question more as later so i don't know maybe you can change your answer then but about how we we all, I think all of us lawyers, we say, please come to us earlier. We are all here to help you. We are not here to take your money. Uh, yeah, I mean, we do take money because we work, but uh, we are not here. We are not leeches. So, yes, but beautiful answer, uh, Rachna. And now we're moving to my favorite segment, which is called 54321. Uh, so I ask you five of something, four of something, three of something like that. Okay. So the first question, because you do so many things, I don't know how you do it. Uh, five productivity tips. Uh, that you will give anyone first um, have a routine for yourself sleep on time wake up on time secondly uh, productivity can increase a lot by getting into yoga and meditation make it a part of your life third productivity increases when you communicate and socialize also by taking work breaks very very important I, even when I have a work from home, I get up from my laptop, even if I've spent four hours doing on something, 
I move from my laptop. I go and talk to all my colleagues, have a chai break, and I come back. And I have seen that it, the productivity increases. Four, um, listen to song and dance. And uh, five, try new skills. Yeah, be creative. You've like really given me one, two, three, four, five, like perfect. Superb. You did spend a minute uh, thinking about each of them. So lovely. I agree with most of them. Uh, actually, I agree with, yeah, I think all of them. What most? I agree with all of them. I was never, uh, very recently, I got gotten into meditation, as I, I told you the last time we spoke. But um, but I am truly, I'm swearing by it now. I'm telling everybody, yeah, yeah, meditation, karo, karo. So uh, anyway, four books that you recommend. Okay. So honestly, I've not been uh, too much into books, but uh, two, three books which have really made a difference to me. First, I've been reading Atomic Habits and I really loved it. Secondly, I have read a few books by Shishi Ravi Shankarji and they have really changed my perspective. One is, it's a very small book by Shishi Ravi Shankar which says, Mind Matters. It's amazing. And I've also read, read a book which is known as Secret of Relationship, again by Shishi Ravi Shankarji. And uh, it has really helped me in improving my relationships. And fourth, it is one of my one of my mentors who is also a very senior teacher of the art of living. He's recently authored this book, um, and it is one of the best sellers on Amazon by the name of uh, uh, Stories in Sutras. Yeah, by Virat Charanya. I highly recommend it because it speaks about our Indian uh, history. It speaks about our uh, Indian uh, great minds. Yeah, from Hanuman to Kabir to Shankaracharya ji. Yeah. I think every every person should read that. Wow. can change our life. Yeah. It sounds like all these, I mean, out of the lot, I've only read Atomic Habits. And Atomic Habits is the best seller of our podcast because every third person recommends it. Of course, uh, for good reason. I've also read it. It's changed the way I do things as well. So, but I haven't read the other books. Uh, I have actually not really uh, been exposed so much to Shri Shri Dav Shankarji. I've even though I am deeply spiritual and I have had a yes. lot of spiritual leanings, but somehow, you know, that has not happened. So let me try. I will buy it and I will read it and then I'll tell you how I felt. Our three tips, uh, you have said a lot of things in and through the con conversation, but three tips for uh, young lawyers, young graduates. So the three tips is uh, please complete your LLB. After that, don't jump onto an LLM. Only until and unless you truly want to study again, if you want to choose the field to practice, jump into practicing. It will make you actually learn more. After that, do study a little more in terms of your specialization. And I would add that um, today, MBA and law has been integrated and the top law schools and MBA schools in India are offering that. I, I again, uh, I take pride in uh, doing it long before such combination became very relevant. And I tell you, it has been the turning point of my career. Uh, how? Because when you do an MBA, you will know how companies are operating. You know, when marketing team head will come and tell you, hey, this is my vision. Hey, this is my mission. You will not get fabergasted. You will know, oh, I have studied this in marketing in my MBA. So why did I choose to study MBA is only because while I was working as an in-house lawyer, I saw different departments were too much in sync with each other and the law department used to feel left alone. 
But then I chose to study the MBA. And when I started understanding all these verticals of marketing, finance, operations, HR, now I know how what these departments are doing. And I'm totally in sync with all those departments in a company. And that adds a value for me to be an in-house lawyer. So always do that you want to do. If you want to do an MBA after law, please do it. If you want to pursue an LLM, please do it. Don't be hesitant of how you're going to answer this or what will the world say, hey, why did you switch your careers? Please note that you will make something out of it very unique. Lovely. Actually, I've been going back and forth about whether I should do MBA, whether I should not. But then now I have two kids and you know now I feel like, oh God, I have to leave them, go, all that. So probably I, I feel like I've missed the bus somewhere. Uh, but uh, what you said made a lot of sense uh, because, you know, when you said the legal department always feels out of sync, I could relate to what you're saying. And then understanding how things work, understanding the lingo of how people speak, all of that. And yes, will be able to help them in making policies. Yeah. You'll be uh, able to help marketing uh, lead into better negotiations because the marketing is one which spends a lot of money. But if you understand what they're spending on, what kind of tools, and you can be the lawyer and also add some value to their department, you are going to be an asset as a lawyer. Yeah, of course. So, do so you are like uh, not just a lawyer, but you're also a policy, you're also advising. You're not just you're not just protecting, but you're also like uh, advising, defending, saying that you know you do you can do this better. Yeah, that's pretty much our role. You know, that's yes. true. Yeah, correct. So it makes us a better lawyer. Right. Okay. I would say we all are very good lawyers. You are here to achieve, uh, be successful. It not only makes you a better lawyer, it makes you a very unique lawyer. There is true. very uh, there are very few lawyers with such deadly combination combinations become that deadly lawyer. <laughs> yes that's true uh now did you give three points or do you give only one this you said this do you want and you have anything more to add to this uh to the uh, to the young generation of lawyers i just want to say that start doing something don't sit on the bed don't keep scrolling your phones go get out just sit in the court listen to some cases go out and ask for work there is no dearth of work move yourself and get going that's all Yes, here, here. I agree with you. Now, two uh, life lessons that you have learned in your life so far. Every failure is a story of success coming your way. And uh, second uh, experience is that never doubt yourself. Yeah, you will... Be so proud of yourself one day when you don't doubt and keep doing what you want to, that the world will start seeing it and they will start clapping for you. Amazing. I think this this is somewhere, you know, like how God puts people in places so that you can hear what you need to hear at that point of time. I feel this was told for me, although you said it for everybody else. Very, very you. Um, useful but also inspiring advice just stick to your lane keep doing your work don't bother don't second guess and finally the best piece of advice that you've ever received yeah this is one thing which i really wanted to say and uh, i thank you my mother always used to say this barish barasti hai uska kaam hai barasna main chalungi mera kaam hai chalna 
and this has um, been uh, my you know my uh, guiding light that come what may don't stop keep moving yes yes lovely on this note there's a beautiful note to actually end the podcast because we will um and also something that for all of us to remember so i will quote you on this but this is one thing i mean of course i'll credit your mom but i'll quote you i'll quote you on this we'll we'll say sure. rachna's bob but uh, sure yeah. in the podcast i is there anything else that you want to share because i know you do workshops you do so many things uh, so the floor is yours rachna anything more that you want to share which i've not specifically asked you please let me know Jenna, you've introduced me very well till the ending. It has been lovely, but I really want to say that I've just started a workshop on gaming laws. Uh, it is spread over two hours for four days. We've just started it today, and it has had a very good response. Uh, we're going to cover in depth of what's happening in gaming laws in India, and of course, we're going to see it from the angle of uh, Western laws also. So, every young generation lawyer who intends to be tech and gaming lawyer is. really invited you can follow me on linkedin and get all the details there and it will be not just another workshop i can promise that it will give you a lot of insight lovely and uh, rachna in case the workshop is over by the time this episode releases is will you do it again do you have a recording uh, if people need to reach out to you how 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 will that happen yes so uh, we are going to do this classes uh, by every month that is what the plan is like we're going to do a lot of uh, webinars and conferences also for the audience to understand it better and uh, yes you will keep seeing such posts and you can keep coming whenever you find time for yourself and what's your linkedin id like your full just your name or my linkedin id is rachna shroff r a c h n a s h r o w f and you will find me there Okay, lovely. Anyway, we leave everything in the show notes, in the description, and everything, so people can find you. Uh, I would love to attend a gaming law workshop. Maybe not this month because I haven't planned my schedule, but maybe next month or the next one because I want to know more about uh, about gaming law. So lovely, Rachna. Thank you so much for making time, and uh, I will see you very soon in Bombay. We will connect after the podcast and figure out a time. But yes. thank you. Thank you so much, Jenna. It's I don't know. I feel like a big time connection with you, and it was lovely to do this podcast. Thank you, Rajta. Thank you.